Welcome to the Bill Barnwell Show. I am Bill Barnwell. Today, Will Brinson of CBS will be joining me in a minute. We're going to draft the teams who missed the postseason this year on their chances of making it back to the postseason in 2024. But first, wanted to talk about some news that broke today and how I feel about it and why I think it's the wrong decision for the Chicago Bears, who decided today to make some changes with their coaching staff, but not go the full Monty. They let go Luke Getze, the offensive coordinator, let go some of his uh, the people underneath him as well. I expect others will leave when they hire a new offensive coordinator, but they're keeping head coach Matt Eberflus. And I can understand why if you're basing it on what happened last year, but I don't know that it's the right move for the future. So let me explain. Matt Eberflus is a defensive-minded coach. He's come into Chicago with a resume that is, I would say, limited at the highest level, but did do a great job building a culture and a good defense with the Colts. It developed a lot of young players during Matt Eberflus's time there, especially at the second and third level, guys like Shaq Leonard um, being the most prominent example there. Eberflus has improved the Bears' defense drastically. Over the second half of the season, they allowed 1.44 points for possession on defense. That was the second best mark in football. Now, if you've been reading my columns about Bill Belichick or the Patriots, or you've heard me talk about it, the Patriots were number one in that category over the second half of the year. So quietly, those defenses took a major step forward. And you have to give Eberflus credit. Jalen Johnson has emerged as a, who's a good player um, right before Evil who's got there, and he's been banged up a little bit the last couple of years, but he's taken a big leap forward this year. He's been a Pro Bowl caliber cornerback. Montez Sweat didn't love the trade. Guess what, Bears fans? So far, you're right. Montez Sweat has looked awesome for the Bears so far as a edge rusher, a much-needed addition, of course. I think we all agree they needed to add an edge rusher before the start of next season. Still need another one. Still need that sort of interior pass-rushing tackle that Eberflus had with DeForest Buckner in Indianapolis, but the defense has taken major strides forward, and Eberflus deserves credit for that. But the problem is, the most important thing for the Bears to do as they approach this offseason, which is going to be very dramatic in one way or another, is develop their quarterback. And from my perspective, the vast majority of people I've spoken to around the NFL believe the Bears are going to trade Justin Fields and draft a quarterback. Perhaps this decision points in the opposite direction. Maybe they're going for some continuity based on how they ended 2023. But if they draft a quarterback, the first priority has to be developing that quarterback into a star. And if you have Iberflus as your head coach, that caps the amount of time and the range of candidates you're going to have to develop that quarterback. Doesn't mean they can't hire somebody great, of course, teams, hire OCs who are very good. But even in that scenario, if you hire a really good OC to develop your quarterback, he's probably leaving after one good season, the same way that Bobby Slowick is probably going to get a head coaching job and leave the Houston Texans, where he's to help develop CJ Stroud into a superstar in his first season. Guys like Ben Johnson or Slowick, for example, um, but guys like that who are going to be head coaching candidates with multiple opportunities this offseason, they're not going to come to the Bears to be an OC, even if they love Drake May, even if they love Caleb Williams, and they know they can get that guy if they want with the first overall pick, because you're not going to take an OC opportunity somewhere if you can be a head coach and you know influence the quarterback situation in a different way somewhere else. So 
On top of that now, let's say the Bears draft a quarterback, Eberflus is this defense, maybe not quite as good next year, and they decide to go in a different direction. You can always fire Eberflus and hire a new offensive coach next year to be your head guy. But you're then starting over with a new staff in your quarterback's second season as a pro. And as Robert Mays pointed out, I believe on this very podcast, that's exactly what happened with Mitch Trubisky, and that's exactly what happened with Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields might have been two years as opposed to one, but you get the idea. They changed their staff while Justin Fields was there. Either way, actually, no, I think it was one year. Either way, you get the idea. Your quarterback's development is interrupted. He has a new scheme, a new coaching staff, new rules, new playbook, all that stuff. doesn't have to start over necessarily, but he has to start in a different way. And so a lot of teams take the logical step of aligning a new staff in a year where they're going to be taking a new quarterback and having an offensive-minded coach as the leader of that staff. Something wrong with hiring a defensive-minded coach. D'Amico Ryans seems to be doing quite well in Houston. But if you want to have the best chance for your your quarterback to develop under the same coach, same scheme, same system for several years, which I think is the optimal strategy, most people would agree Eberflus, even though he's fixed the defense, probably needed to go. All right, joining me now here is promised on the Bill Barnwell Show. Always love to have my friend on to talk about some of the weirder ideas we have. And frankly, I love this one. This was one where I came up with it and I was like, man, I'm going to do this every year. This is a fun bit. So I'm really excited to draft the non-playoff teams and their chances of making it back to the postseason in 2024. And joining me to do that is a frequent contributor to the show. It's CBS's Will Brinson. Will, what's up? Bill, what's going on, man? I don't know how long I've done it. I stopped writing for like a year and a half. So maybe you, you've done it long. You're but back. I, yeah, I'm back. I write now. Yeah. Uh, but teams who make a leap, I think we saw what four, we hit the average again this year, right? Where teams who didn't make the playoffs or make it to the playoffs the following year, the NFL mm-hmm. is fickle. It's not like the NBA, well, I, I guess baseball. I don't know which is, which, I wonder which the college football, maybe the least fickle of all. It was weird watching the Michigan and Washington because like that's not Clemson, Alabama, or Georgia. What yeah. Are doing here? What are you doing here? What are you, what are you, or Ohio State? What are you doing here? What are you interlopers doing here in my college <laughs> right. football final? Like, if, if you didn't watch or pay attention to a single second of college football until the final and you turned it on and you were just like, what? Yeah. Whoa. Am I watching third place game somehow? Yeah. Did, did multiple teams, you know, secede from college football? <laughs> like, like with Dabo, sort Dabo of. and Dabo, yeah, I know, right? Dabo and Saban started their own league. I mean, like, what's going on here? <laughs> they joined the United Football League. Right. I'm excited that Michigan's Jim Harbaugh is going to be maybe coaching one of the teams we're talking about today. It feels inevitable, right? Like it's it's happening. It's yeah. When he won and he was like, Oh, I don't want to talk about it now, guys. Come on. Well, you know, it's happening. (laughs) Hey, can't you let me enjoy this for 12 hours, guys? Yeah. (laughs) Like Jim Jim Harbaugh, who like last year when they lost, was like about to take interviews within 36 hours if he could uh and the same thing two years prior where he was taking the vikings interviews like come on like it's okay he's also refusing to sign a contract extension that would pay him like 20 plus million dollars a year but the mm-hmm. only like the only clause the reason he won't sign it is because there's a clause that prevents him from interviewing or with nfl teams this all season so yeah he's gone yeah i just love the idea of like his agent sending the contract back and like, hey, this is great. We just have one minor change. We send it over in Word. And the one minor change is just that line crossed out about don't negotiate with NFL teams. <laughs> right. And they're like, no, 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 no. Um, I also noticed, I, I, I'm trying to think who it was. it was. I think it was one of my colleagues, and I can't remember which one. But um, They all blend together, according to Will Brinson. They're all the same. 
all my all my CBS college football colleagues are the same. Chip Patterson, Tom Finelli, same person. Uh, Danny Cannell, Bud Elliott, the same, same, <laughs> same random screamer about FSU on the internet. Um, I think that they were like, you know, it's a shame to see colorful care. Like I want colorful characters like Jim Harbaugh in college football. And I wanted to reply or quote tweet and say, you know, Jim Harbaugh was boring until yes. he got to the NFL. Stanford Jim yes. Harbaugh wasn't that exciting. He's no. fine. No question. San Francisco Jim Harbaugh is the guy who screamed at, at Jim Schwartz. Yeah, that's exactly it, the thing I was thinking of. It took a fight yeah. with Jim Schwartz to get him to open up and show his. Now I will uh, say that I will side. say that I guess technically Stanford Jim Harbaugh did have that weird beef with Pete Carroll. That's true, but that was just that felt more like a rivalry as opposed to like I'm going to fight yeah. you uh, on the 50 yard line. <laughs> Carroll was like, "What's your deal?" He's like, "Well, you just have like you just have two people who have like." polar opposite energy like pete carroll is like they're both very optimistic but they're optimistic in entirely different ways yes have you ever seen um the press conference with john schneider and pete carroll no i probably where, I probably forgot about it i i know I, I it's like six years old and it's when harbaugh left and went back to michigan or i guess mm -hmm. it was like into his michigan tenure because he's been there nine years which is crazy but they're sitting there talking and um Somebody asked like Pete Carroll about something. He's like, yeah, yeah, Coach Harbaugh's you know done a done a done a great job. And like as he's like praising John Harbaugh, John Schneider turns and looks at him and goes, "What's your deal, man?" Which <laughs> like, like, is it's, it's I'll send it to you, but it, it is it is just hilarious because and like Pete Carroll's like, huh? and then he starts laughing because he realizes that they're both making this like kind of inside joke, but kind of outside joke about John Harbaugh. It's it's pretty gold. Yes, that sounds great. Um, we have a bunch of teams to get to, one of which will probably be employing Jim Harbaugh next season. But we're going to rank them. We're going to start with the most likely teams to advance to the postseason again in 2024, down to the team that has the worst chances of advancing to the postseason next year, just mm -hmm. including the teams who are not playing in the postseason this upcoming season. So 18 of the league's 32 teams. Will, you, of course, are the guest. I feel like I must encourage you to go first uh or as we like to call it chargers chicken who's gonna who's gonna, <laughs> who's gonna cave and take the chargers first um it won't be me okay well i mean i'm not actually i shouldn't say that I, it could be me by the way the chargers finished five and 12 this year how do you finish five and 12 incredible. with justin herbert it's incredible. incredible um i i honestly think that like and not to you know belabor the point on, on jim harbaugh but if i knew where jim harbaugh was going it would dramatically alter what i do with the, whatever team that is in the draft uh, um we talked about this maybe the last time i was on but i mean i remember you writing about it at grantland bill when you're like there's like nfl teams should take advantage of the fact that there is no salary cap for coaches mm -hmm. jim harbaugh took over the 49ers they hadn't had a winning season since 2002 and he went to three straight nfc championship games why is somebody not throwing 40 million dollars jim harbaugh right the year before, Niners fans were chanting, we want Carr, referring to Derek Carr, at Mike Singletary on the sidelines as he was like very conspicuously debating whether to bench Alex Smith. A year later, Alex Smith was running in a touchdown against the Saints in the greatest playoff game I ever saw to yeah. advance to the NFC Championship game. A lot changed once they got Jim Harbaugh there. And all Jim Harbaugh had to do is put a, take his Padres hat off and put a Giants hat on. It's a, I, don't know if you remember that. I think I always I will never forget that. It's like all of a sudden Alex Smith, who's a huge Padres fan, shows up in a San Francisco Giants hat. 
And Harbaugh is basically like, dude, this is easy step one. Just stop being a jerk. Like, dude, all these guys are Giants fans. They don't want to see you in a Padres hat. <laughs> anyway, uh, with the anyway. first pick of the Chargers Chicken Draft, yes. sponsored by uh, Raising Canes. Raising Canes? I don't know. Um, I will take the Cincinnati Bengals. Number one on my list as well. Good choice. Had I mean, had to be. It's sort of, it's, I mean, pretty self-explanatory. Joe Burrow, we hope, knock on wood, will be back and yes. fully healthy and play a whole season. They they made it sound like they're not, like T. Higgins isn't going anywhere. At nine and eight, they don't have a great draft pick, but I think that uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they were the team that, that maybe reached a little bit on my guy, Peyton Wilson out of NC State. Another, they have two NC State defenders on their on their rosters already, and Jermaine Pratt, shout out High Point, North Carolina, and BJ Hill. Um, Peyton Wilson would be a great fit in Lou Anarumo's defense. They've done a very good job drafting guys and um, sort of adding talent to this roster. If uh, we get a healthy uh, Joe Burrow, I see no reason why the Bengals don't make it back to the playoffs. Only thing you might say is the quality of the division. We have three playoff teams there in the AFC North and three playoff teams while one of them starting Joe freaking Flacco in the playoffs. So, um, you know, I think that's the only thing you could say. The AFC is going to be tougher, but I agree with you. Bengals, easy, number one pick for me. Number two for me, I go to the NFC and I go to the, the folks we just mentioned, the Seattle Seahawks, who did finish nine and eight, took a, a little bit of a curious final game of the season and a, a late victory to get them there. But defense, I think, will be better. I've been saying that for about five years now, so I'm a little concerned, but they'll get a full season from Devon Witherspoon, who was awesome last year. They were, um, I think they probably move on from Jamal Adams. Maybe they could use that that money elsewhere uh, in terms of fixing the defense. Have plenty of infrastructure on offense, young playmakers, a young line, uh, much younger on the offensive side of the ball than the defensive side of the ball. Um, and I, I still think Geno Smith is a good quarterback. I, you know, he had some ups and downs. We saw Drew Locke, you know, have that great uh, finish against the Eagles. But overall, I think Geno Smith is a better option and will be there in 2024. And to me, I think there's so many candidates on the top of my list for the AFC that I'm comfortable pushing an NFC team up because there's just not many really good teams in the NFC right now. Don't mind that at all. Doesn't sound like you agree, though. Doesn't sound like they were your number two team. I mean, the Seahawks I had as my i had them kind of down low wow I, yeah i was i was a little surprised actually because i, I thought i would hire, have them a little bit higher i don't i i do think that you know the aforementioned pete carroll who is a you know very good football coach and is gonna be back and john schneider and, and has added a bunch of pieces and the whole russell wilson thing changed everything about them but i'm going to go and stay in the nfc and make a bit of a mistake here but a bit of a projection, a projectionable mistake. Okay. I'm going to suggest, Bill, that the Atlanta Falcons. Ooh, way down my list. Really? Well, I think they're a quarterback away. They're a head coach and a quarterback away. Those they are just two fired their, Yeah, They just fired their head coach. All right. They they don't have a quarterback or a head coach. Like They literally don't have a head coach. I do think, though, that this is my projection here. I don't think Harbaugh is okay. going to be in the mix there. I think Belichick is going to be sneaky in the mix if he's let go. And if he's not, then I think this is a prime landing spot as long as he's not, you know, afraid to offend his former offensive coordinator and potentially, um, no, you can't bring him, can't bring Arthur Smith with him to Atlanta. Mike Vrabel, mm. why not go, why not go to the Falcons, sort of like the Titans of the NFC, take over this team in this, this terrible division? Yeah. I mean, the Saints are, you know, the Saints have Jameis Winston leading, you know, touchdown victory formation coups against Dennis Allen. The Buccaneers, you know, I, the Bucs were fine, but any team could have won. Like, 
Yes, no question. Take any other team and put them in this division, and you feel like they do a really, you know, they're like, like if you put the Rams in this division, they win 14 games or something like that. So I'm going to project that the Falcons make a good hire here because it's an attractive job and that the the non-contending Falcons are able to secure a quarterback, whether it's by trading for Justin Fields, whether Please it's God. drafting somebody, or whether it's signing maybe even Kirk Cousins. Hmm. And uh, the Falcons are a playoff team next year in a bad division with a with an upgraded head coach and quarterback. You're selling me a little bit. I'm I'm willing. I I, I see I see I see what you're saying here. Well, I don't disagree with you. I think they should be higher up than I had them, but they have to make the two biggest hires any team can make in <laughs> the weeks to come. Head coach and quarterback. That's the tough part for me. Um, a team that has a head coach and a quarterback. Who I have at number four, the Jacksonville Jaguars who yeah. were about to be the one seed in the AFC if they just beat Jake Browning and, and a Bengals team without Joe Burrow in primetime, and then everything went wrong. Trevor Lawrence got hurt. They forgot to have a cart or decided they weren't going to use a cart taken to the sidelines. He got hurt like three to the locker times room. to the locker room. The defense fell apart. Everything went wrong. They missed the playoffs altogether. They fired Mike Caldwell and his staff. We talked about that on Monday with J.P. Acosta. I still think having Trevor Lawrence is good. And I know that the Texans and Colts surprised this year and they deserve a ton of credit, but I do think that the Jags are still, to me, the best team in that division. We'll see what they do this offseason. Don't know if they're going to re-sign Calvin Ridley. Definitely have some work to do. They probably have to pay Trevor Lawrence a lot of money, but I think they are a team that with some changes here and there, some minor changes, an offseason to reflect on what went wrong, I think they'll be in shape to win the division again in 2024. The... Jags were actually, I think, second on my board, okay. but for some reason, I was like, I need to take an NFC. Team. You got, you got, you know what? You, you have a board, but once you get the draft day, well, it's not about the board; it's about your gut. It's about what you feel in the moment. What you're worried about me taking. The value in the Falcons is just pathetic. I mean, like you weren't, you weren't touching the Falcons for three rounds, and I took the that, Falcons. That was that was the Clellan Farrell of this draft, I believe. No, no, oh no, no. <laughs> That's, I think it's a what a great comp. I mean, it's like. Does that make me? Does that make me Gruden or Mayock? The Daniel Jones of the draft. Oh, ouch! This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better with the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country. There is no competition. And right now, get five dollars off any eight-corner pizza with code Eight Save. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a Jets Pizza location near you. Again, try Jets Signature 8-Corner Pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Um, okay, who, who's your who's your number 5? Who's the fifth overall pick for you? I'm going to do something that I can't believe I'm doing here. Actually, maybe I would, you know what? I'm going to take this team as a correlate. This is a correlated pick with my Falcons pick. Oh, wow. Well, so here's the thing. The Justin Fields stuff with the Falcons, I think is legitimate. Maybe more legitimate if Arthur Smith had stuck around because he seems to be the type of quarterback that would fit his offense. Nevertheless, if Justin Fields goes to the Falcons, the Falcons could be a playoff team. If Justin Fields stays with the Bears, I think the Bears could be a playoff team. Now, the Bears have the number one overall pick, courtesy of Carolina. The Bears have two picks. The Bears actually, where do the Bears end up finishing? Nine. They have one and nine, I believe. Two top ten picks in a loaded draft. For offensive players. Loaded draft for offensive players. If you need a quarterback and a wide receiver, I think the tackles or, are pretty good this class. Or a tackle. Yeah. Those, those are, those are the, the guys who are going to go in the top ten. 
This is the this is the draft you want to have two top ten picks. If you if there was one year, Bill, where you don't want to give away the number one overall pick, hmm. this is it. He's, he's David Tepper, ladies and gentlemen. The, the, Pan- the Panthers are set at quarterback and wide receiver and left tackle. They don't need any other players there. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> they're great. They're great. At the coach, they got a coach. They're fine. Did you see the Panthers? Uh, I think it was my old colleague, your colleague, Jeremy Fowler, reported that the Panthers mm-hmm. are actually blocking the Jaguars from interviewing their defensive coordinator. It's like, come on, guys. Just yeah, let the guy I mean, go. yeah, let, 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 let the people leave Carolina in peace. <laughs> You've already done enough for them for one year. Oh, now you don't want to fire somebody. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. Uh, I'm going to take the Bears. I think wow. the Bears, I think the Bears have a good chance after finishing seven and ten. They the, the Bears mm-hmm. hype got way over its skis multiple times this year. First mm-hmm. before the season when that's never happened before. Oh my God. I know, right? Justin Fields closed at 25 to 1 to win the MVP. Absolutely the dumbest odds move of the entire oh. what's worse. Uh, I was going to say Trubisky a couple of years ago when he was that was like, bad. That was, when, that was bad. When when he was like twenty to one, and even the Ozbakers were like, "Don't do this. This is a bad bet." <laughs> was, was, who did he play for then? Was it the play for the Bears? <laughs> I, know, I, I know. It's like Arizona. Who? I can't wait for Caleb Williams in two years to be twenty to one to win MVP. <laughs> I mean, the the field stuff was insane. People were talking about the Bears as like a sleeper team. It's like, dude, the Bears the Bears have a long way to go. They did fire several offensive coaches today. That's not a great sign for a team you're drafting to make a leap forward. But they're they're going going to have a quarterback whether it's justin fields or caleb Williams. like they're gonna have somebody we believe they can win with at quarterback there's a decent if they don't if they have justin fields there's a decent chance they have marvin jones jr to add to dj Moore. like there's a lot there and i i buy into maddie refluss as a defensive coach you know signing off ball linebackers in the offseason again the hype train around that too much but it is what makes mm-hmm. his system go and this team drastically i didn't love the montez sweat trade mostly because of clay uh, chase claypool ptsd but sure this is a defense that got much, much better down the stretch. And no I don't question. think Iberflus is a bad coach. I think he's in a bad situation. And, and really, if you name it, you shouldn't ever, like, I wouldn't want to, like, replace Will Leach as a writer somewhere, you know, because, like, it's a Will, two sure. Wills, you know? Sure. Like, Matt sure. Matt Iberflus and Ryan Poles didn't need to replace Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. It's just, I, I realize you save on the, the, the engraving on the doors, but it's just, <laughs> it's just too much, it's too, too similar. That never occurred to me. Yeah, right. I mean, that's just leave the R and the P. Seems like they would assign Matt Ryan at one point to be their quarterback, <laughs> and yet here we are. I know, right? Then you get both. Oh my God, what a triangulation that would be. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna take the Bears. I think the Bears are a potential playoff team in a watered down NFC. Even though it looks like Detroit is a team that's set for a long for the long haul, and Green Bay may have found yet another quarterback. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about another team in the NFC North later on in this show. I'm going to do it, Will. We've waited long enough. Chargers chicken. Do, do you know Justin Herbert's good at football, Will? I, mean, I think he is. he is, right? That's why he keeps winning five games a year, right? I, I wrote that I don't think this job is as appealing as it was because Herbert's not more expensive. They have you know, some of their core players like Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, either old or going to be free agents. They're not in great cap shape. Um, some of their first round picks, I don't know if you heard about Quentin Johnson, Will, not up to expectations so far during their <laughs> pro careers. Um, Joey Bose has been hurt most of the last couple of years. Like that, that what was such an appealing job when Brandon Staley took it. Now, mm, yeah. not as much, but still got Herbert, can still throw the, the ball pretty far. And I think that's going to be appealing to some of the promising coaching candidates this offseason. So maybe they're the ones 
in this scenario who get a Jim Harbaugh. And yeah. I know the division's tough, but I know that the, the AFC's tough. I, I think they're better than the Broncos, better than the Raiders with decent coaching, which I think they will have this year. So to me, I'm going to go with the Chargers here at six. Have you, um, this is, this got on my radar because of my buddy Darren Smith out in um, San Diego. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm not going to, I don't want to linger. I think the Chargers are a good choice. I definitely thought about them. They probably have the playoff odds are going to be better than the Bears, more than likely. Are you aware of the John Spanos situation in, in with the Chargers? No. So John Spanos, who, as you might guess, is the son of the owner. Yes. Is the president of football operations with the Chargers. You may also guess that he did not. Well, I, I guess his bio technically suggests he did earn the job. <laughs> sure. <laughs> However, I think if we're being realistic here. So he did a bunch of, he got a bunch of, he went to, uh, the NFL's executive education program at the Stanford Business School in Palo Alto, California. And in his bio, which uh, this is really bothered. I've, th- this thing has been just on my radar aggressively for like the last six weeks. Uh, basically, since Staley was fired. It really bothers me that they haven't updated the bio either. Spanish <laughs> ascension within the organization coincided with one of the most successful eras of franchise history. From 04 to 09, the Chargers won 67 regular season games, good for the third mm-hmm. most in the NFL over that span. Mm-hmm. Goes on to brag about how great they were. <laughs> then it, we get to named executive vice president of football operations in 2013. One of his first priorities mm-hmm. in that role was the hiring of general manager, Tom Telesco. The two have guided the chargers to three playoff appearances oh. and a pair of postseason victories. You know, just imagine the chargers lost in the wilderness and uh, Spanos <laughs> family saying, no, follow me. I will lead you to in it. 2018 uh, Spanos helped assemble a squad that tied for the AFC's best record. And reached a divisional round of the playoffs following a wild card victory in Baltimore in 2021. Spanos and Telesco hired Brandon Staley. And it goes on to like, it's just, it is so bizarre about how much it brags about what, how he's, his ascension within the Chargers coincided with this incredible run. It's like, dude, this team can't stop losing in terrible ways. Yes. And they're terrible now. They've been awful lately. And so that's my one concern with this team is that I sort of think we have, and I realize I just took the bears who employed George McCaskey. Um, it's just, and it, it, we just saw the Texans win the AFC South with Bob McNair. Like it, anything is possible. Cal, Cal McNair, Cal McNair, Cal McNair, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. That's a good point. That's a good point. The Cal McNair, David Carr story is the greatest thing of all time, by the way. <laughs> There's uh, lots all right, of I'll, I'll move on, but, but I just, I just, I worry a little bit about that. I think it's sort of flying under the radar in terms of, you know, we talk about ownership and 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 how that's a factor. Like, you know, the concerns are like David Tepper in Carolina. Mm-hmm. I just worry a little bit, and I wonder how a John Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, taking over that job. I, I could see some things, no question, happening with it. Okay, Chargers are off the board. That in in that vein, there's an article I, I've never talked about it on the air before. But it's one of my favorite headlines and subheads oh. of all time from one of the Denver newspapers. Why the Rockies hired Sterling Montfort as one of the major's youngest pro scouting directors. Quote, unquote, he did it the right way. Montfort worked on the Coors Field grounds crew in college before starting as a coaching intern with the Rockies in 2013. Of course, as you can probably guess, Sterling Montfort is the son of the owner. He did not do it the right way. I mean, he did it the right way if you want to be sure you get a job. He did it the wrong way if you want to get that job on merit and the Rockies suck. So it's, anyway. it's like when, when Arthur Smith is hired by FedEx in a couple of weeks and it's like, yes, yes, yes. Surprise. He did it the right way. 
<laughs> went to be a football head coach before coming back to FedEx. Anyway, well, sorry, it's your pick going. No, 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 that's great. It's like, why? Here's why. It's like very clearly planned. It's like, and you could only get away with this stuff. I think it, you can get away with it at any point in time because it's, you know, nepotism at its finest. But sure. Like, I feel like you had to really, if you do this in 2020, you're not getting that article planted in 2023. Yes. Or is it, or is it written last year? It's an older article, right? It's like 2019 would be my Oh, wow. Guess. All right. So that's pretty recent. Okay, good. Well, good for him for doing uh, it the right way. Yes, good for him for doing it the right way. Anyway, well, it is your selection at number seven. All right. Well, you know what? I think I'm going to, speaking of ESPN employees. No. <laughs> no. He's not don't, an ESPN don't employee bring it, Don't bring it up or don't pick the Jets. No, he's not an ESPN employee anymore. As of, I think, 20 minutes ago. Wait, what? I believe he is no longer appearing on ESPN programming, to my knowledge, based on reporting from uh, the Athletic. And according to, uh, oh, I believe, that is, oh, source, that is Mr. twenty Mr. minutes Mr. ago. Mr. Well, Mr. Pat, Mr. Pat McAfee. Wow. Maybe he'll okay. appear later on. Uh, who knows? Maybe we'll be lucky enough to hear more about Aaron Rodgers and what he thinks about anything. But anyway, well, you're picking the Jets, you say, with the number seven yeah. pick. Why are you picking the Jets? Uh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, for all of his off-field foibles and bizarre takes, is still, I think, a really good football player. He's aged in a way that I believe he can be successful. Um, sure. The injury happened early enough in the season, and the Jets should be desperate enough to fix the offensive line, knowing what they saw from Zach Wilson and, and I hope so. whoever else all offseason along. The defense should be really good. So I will, sure. uh, I'll take the Jets and add an AFC team to my portfolio. Okay. I'm sticking in the NFC. There's value there. You pick mm. the Bears and the Falcons. I'm going to take the Minnesota Vikings, a team that was in playoff contention until December, despite cycling through quarterbacks every two weeks, not really knowing what they were doing. I mean, Jaron Hall came in for different stretches. We saw Nick Mullins and his crazy uh, lunatic way of playing football for stretches. Joshua Dobbs was in and good. Kirk Cousins was playing awesome before his injury. We never really had that stretch of like, Kirk Cousins is playing the way he played last year and the defense took the step forward. It took, you know, sort of after the first few weeks of the season, we, if we got 17 weeks of that, I think the Vikings would have been a playoff team. There might not get Daniel Hunter back, which is a concern. We don't know what's happening at quarterback with Kirk, but I do think they have better infrastructure than most teams. So I'm going to take the Vikings here at eight. It's a good pick. Kevin. I think Kevin O'Connell is probably a really good coach. Me too. Yeah. Um, Unless, Unless it comes to picking a quarterback, in which case I really think he just throws starts at a dartboard and it's like, oh, well, I mean, Josh's week this week. And by the way, the theme for 2023 has to be backup quarterbacks, right? I mean, that's like, that's what I'm going to think about when I think about this season. I mean, the Browns made the playoffs and started five different quarterbacks. Yes. Uh, I mean, Browns Flacco. might win the Super Bowl with Joe Flacco. Who's to say? But they're right. not, in, they're in the playoffs, so we can't talk about them. Uh, I think this is where the draft gets really interesting, Bill, because there's several different ways you can go. Oh man, you know a lot of it. I think is projecting, projecting what you think is going to happen this offseason, right? Like there are teams where you don't know who the yes. coach or the quarterback is going to be. Well, and there's well, there's see, well, I'm trying to decide. I'm between two teams right now, where I know, I know both. Uh, you know what? Screw it. Um, I'm gonna take the Colts. Yeah, that was what I was thinking too. Yeah, they they almost they almost made the playoffs with Gardner Minshew, St- yeah. Shane Steichen. I, I mean, this is sort of like a, I don't know if you can, I don't know if it's fair or not, but I think you can take a look at what the Eagles did offensively, couple it with what the Colts did offensively and suggest that Shane Steichen is a good head coach. So I'm in on Shane Steichen. 
I think they've got enough pieces around Anthony Richardson where this should be a playoff team. My biggest concern, frankly, is the health of Anthony Richardson running that offense because not everyone is going to be Cam Newton or Josh Allen uh, when you take that much contact. And boy, did he get hurt a lot in a short amount of time. I thought you were going to say the health of Jim Irsay. That That's concerning as well right now, honestly. I saw that. I kind of feel like that that's uh, flying under the radar a little bit. Like, I mean, it, yes. When you're really, I mean, I think my grandmother you know, she had Alzheimer's, but you know, when she got sick, she got a resp- respiratory disease. And mm-hmm. you know, when, like when you're, when you're that old, like that, that sort of thing is very, very concerning. That's hundred percent. It's not, it is not a minor thing, certainly from how the Colts have reported, you know, from how it's been talked about, it, you know, that is a very, very concerning situation. I'm not yes. bringing it up to make light of it. I'm bringing it up to be very, no, serious. no, no. I'm just extremely concerned about it. Yeah. Like, like it's, you know, Jim Irsay is a character. I think it's fair to say, obviously, you know, when Jimmy Irsay is spending millions of dollars on guitars, I think it's okay, or, or tweeting about analytics, I think it's okay to, you know, poke fun at this very wealthy person who maybe is a little out of touch, but Jimmy Irsay is a person. We hope he is going to come through and be okay. But when you have a team where, by all accounts, er, Jim Irsay is running things, it's not like, you know, like I think he's making a lot of, if not day-to-day decisions, at least he's like, you have to run stuff by him to make day-to-day decisions. I would be concerned how that impacts free agency. You know, how much money yes. do you have to spend? And you, I agree. You know, like, 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 who are you going to to be like, hey, can we spend $40 million on this wide receiver? Can we sign Michael Pittman for $25 million a year? I hope that they have some kind of process to deal with that if Ursa is unavailable, but I don't know if that's the case. Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, yeah, that is absolutely a concern. I mean, Ursa was the primary reason that Jonathan Taylor missed the first four games of the season. Yes, you know, Very I mean, much so. yeah, I mean, and the Colts, by the way, two and two in those games, you could argue that's what they, they beat. The, they beat the Ravens, which is just weird in Baltimore. You could argue that John Taylor wouldn't have been the difference in the two losses, but, you know, one win and they finish 10 and seven and they're in the playoffs. Maybe I mean, if you don't. BJ, if, if BJ Gustin catches that pass, they might be in the playoffs. Right, right. Yeah. So the Ursa thing, him managing everything is, is a concern for me. But I think they have enough there to uh, win right now. Me too. Uh, it gets tough for me here, man. This is where mm-hmm. I start having serious questions. I think I'm going to say the Giants. I like the Giants. I, I think oh, the, the Wink Martindale stuff is very <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. It's, it's just like, he cussed out Brian Dable and stormed out. I got him to play to Sarasota. And like, so he's wearing like the same outfit he wear. I, did you see the New York Post is like, yes, in, a, in his trademark black joggers? It's like, what? Yes, that's not that. not trademark black. Like, do I have trademark black joggers? Yes. How does it work? Yes, Bill, Bill Barnwell in his trademark blue jeans walking down the street. <laughs> no, I, I, someone else wore jeans first, and I was like, oh, I'll, I'll do that too. That seems like it's a I mean, I'm currently wearing gray joggers that I think would be often called like will brinson in his trademark fish t-shirt and gray joggers like, <laughs> okay okay like this trademark slob i mean um, good for wake barnadale that he he has a, a look that he he feels like he said now, to be fair if you are like what head coach is wearing a kangol at the airport there's only one answer to that question <laughs> right bruce arians in his trademark that is, see that's a trademark kangol Yes, I don't know. No if you like it's like, it's like in his trademark yes. khaki pants. <laughs> yes. Although exactly. I guess Jim Harbaugh has trademark khakis. He does. He is the only huh. one. He is the only khaki guy out there. Yeah. Um, but you got the idea. Like 
that is a very curious situation because he was the, the reports were he was going to stay and then i believe the reporting now is that the uh I, I, this sort of feels like something where they were basically daring him to quit where um they fired his two lieutenants who were very close to him they felt like he sort of had a fiefdom on the defensive side of the ball and wink martindale reportedly just said a lot of f words to ryan dable and left and went to sarasota and presumably is going to set up the final year of his contract because the giants don't want him to go to the eagles or to i think the rams were another team that came up if uh, raheem morris gets a head coaching opportunity somewhere else so very curious situation about what happens next with the giants on defense but i think we saw some strides definitely some talent on that side of the ball they played some teams tough uh they won games with Tommy freaking DeVito and Tyrod Taylor late in the season. He just blew out the Eagles in week 18. There's pieces on the offensive side of the ball. I still think Brian Dale and Mike Kafka are good coaches. Don't believe in Daniel Jones, but this could be a team that drafts a quarterback in the first round. Would not be shocked in the slightest if they went out and drafted a quarterback. Maybe they go out and get another wide receiver to help Daniel Jones. So to me, I believe the Giants are in a division where I don't know what the Eagles are going to do next year. Like they're projected. I know I have mm. them on my list of teams to decline this year and they declined. They had like an 8.6 win Pythagorean expectation. So I'm going to have to confront the possibility of the Eagles declining again in 2024. Wait, did they really? Yep. They outscored their opponents by like eight points all year because they were stinky at the end of the season. They were, uh, I mean, they lost the Cardinals and the Giants to close out the year. Like just, I mean, they badly they, and they should have lost to the Chiefs. They should have lost to the Bills. They could have lost to the Commanders once before the bye. I mean, they 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 could have lost to the Giants on Christmas. They could have lost out after their bye. Eight and one to miss the playoffs. Hey, let me just really quickly because this I've heard this talked about in varying degrees. I'm curious what you think if the Eagles were to lose to the Buccaneers in the wild card round in Tampa Bay as just like two and a half point favorites, so not a huge favorite. Any chance Nick Sirianni gets fired? No. Yeah, no. that's the, that's the answer. It's like no, no. I I don't know, Jim. Maybe I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't think so. But I don't think I so do either. Believe, I do believe they could fire Brian Johnson, and I think they they have to fire Sean. Desai. <laughs> the Panthers requested Brian Johnson for an interview today. <laughs> that has to be a mistake. They that has to be that they they requested the wrong person, right? Like it just just they had to have made a mistake. So they they wanted they wanted Ben Johnson. They got Brian Johnson instead. He's going to show up to the interview, and they're going to be like, "So tell us about the Lions." And he's going to be like, "I don't know. They look cool. Like they they run the ball." <laughs> um, so what do you think about so Jared Goff? Are you are you like friends with him or just? Yeah, what, he's like, what, yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. I'm like, cool. What's he like? Yeah, he's great. He's cool. I mean, he seems like his his girlfriend seems cool. I don't know. Like, I'm do like, you think? Do you think that Brian? <laughs> do you think that Brian Johnson could actually put on? Lions clothes and convince David Tepper to hire him. Like, go, like he'd go and be like, "Hey, uh, hey, I'm B Johnson. Yo, <laughs> yeah, I'm that B me, Johnson. Uh, just, no, no, I actually prefer to go by Johnson. Just call me Johnson. <laughs> call me Mister Johnson, sir. <laughs> yeah. And you just wear Lions stuff the whole time, even though you're the yeah, Eagles call, offensive call, coordinator. Call me Mister Johnson, the really good offensive coordinator. That's my full name. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, Sirianni. I mean, anything is possible. You know, the Raiders. They fired Jack Del Rio after he went 12 and four and he was terrible That's the true. next year to hire Gruden. Like I, the thing is like, who are you, who are you replacing him with? Like if you Matt, have Matt Patricia, that, that's the thing. Like if, if Bill Belichick is like, you know what? I want to coach the Eagles. That's my one dream. My entire life has been to coach a team that wears green uniforms and I don't want to coach the Jets. Maybe you fire him. <laughs> if, if, if Jim Harbaugh is like, listen, I don't, I don't want personnel control. I trust Howie Roseman. 
that would be a terrible fit. Let's just say he, I trust Howie Roseman. I just want to coach Jalen Hurts and company. Uh, okay, maybe you do it. But, like, I, I don't think you fire Sirianni to just be like, hey, let's give someone else a shot. Like, I think you have to be tactical about uh, who, and, and intentional about who you would be firing him to uh, to replace him with. But he's in the Super Bowl less than a year ago. It's crazy. He was He was, like, the beloved coach of Philadelphia – yeah, like he's like, he's like yeah, he screams at fans. He's like, that was for yeah. Frank. Like, yeah, right. Like, like that's how far it's come. We're like, he, anytime the Eagles run the ball, they're getting cheered because their fans are so sick of the offense. Uh, <laughs> just want to point out, well, I mentioned this on Twitter. Nobody believes me, but it's true. Big Dom, the Big Dom curse is in full effect. Oh, the, the Big Dom one, curse. One yeah, six, I, that's a good point. One and six since Big Dom. What is is Big Dom the um. Who's the sign stealer for Michigan? I guess they won the title, so that's not a good example. <laughs> no, it's the reverse, reverse Connor Stallions. Um, yeah. he is he is back with the playoffs, though. So we'll see how it goes. Maybe he'll inspire the Eagles to a victory over the Bucks. Um, I think so. I, I think, think the Eagles are one and done personally. But so. I I pick Giants. It's now your turn. All right, you know what? I'm gonna. Um, so the question is: Do I want to go with a team? I've got two teams that I'm debating between. Do I go with the team with no quarterback or the team with no coach? Oh. Interesting. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with the team with no coach. And I'm going to do it so you, it's in the same division as your Giants. It's the Washington Commanders. The Washington Commanders are my last place team on my list. Really? So they are last on my list. How could you possibly have the Commanders below the Panthers? <laughs> because the Panthers already have a quarterback. You might stink, but the Commanders, I think, are going to take a step backwards before they take a step forwards. I think they are in. I think they're going to have a quarterback. I think they're going to try and build an offensive line around the quarterback, but I think they are in tank mode for the next year. Really? Yes, I do. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before, but this is Josh Harris. That kind of rules out the idea they'd get Belichick then, right? I don't, I mean, maybe, maybe if they get Belichick, they'll go in a different direction, but I don't know if that's a real thing. That could just be Belichick's agent trying to be like, hey, look at this rich guy who seems to do smart things. He, well, he'll probably want to hire Bill Belichick. He's from, he's from, he's from Annapolis. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I I, I'm I'm from New York. I, I don't think I want to go be the GM of the Giants or the Jets, though. I'll be the GM of the Panthers and just tell David Tepper yes to everything for several million dollars a year. Yeah. I, I mean, I know a lot of people from the Northeast who were born around the time Bill Belichick was born. A lot of them want to move to Florida or California. I don't think they want to be in. <laughs> they want to be like, yeah, let's get let's get back to Annapolis. I just want to be cold and on the water constantly. In an old, in an old decrepit stadium with no talent on the defensive side. Of the ball. That's a fair point. I guess I can't go no. back on my commander's pick, can I? No, no, no. I mean, I, I could be wrong, certainly. No, I mean, I think. Uh, well, look, it's a the division is not easy. Same thing with the Giants, right? I mean, it's, it's it's a tough division. I mostly wanted to point out that in my when I ranked the coaching vacancies, I actually put Washington at one because I think ownership makes it a really attractive job. It's now, that doesn't mean they're going to make the playoffs, of course. You know, No. Of course, maybe it's a Brian Dable-like situation from last year where the, you know, uh, this team that has no business making the playoffs ends up making it. Losing Montez Sweat, losing Chase Young is a problem. They do have, they do have skill, you know, skill position guys. They're going to have to improve the no offensive question. line. They don't have a quarterback, but they do have the number two overall pick. And it's possible that they could, as I joked in my article, draft Drake May, pair him with Sam Howell, Hire Mac Brown from Carolina and win eight <laughs> games a year, just like the Tar Heels. Mitch, Mitch just knocking in as the backup quarterback. The oh, year. you did. Then you signed Mr. Bisky too. Oh my God. Yeah. That actually got, um, that joke got published on a, uh, on, so they, somebody took it and posted it to inside Carolina, the Carolina two four seven Carolina message board. Sure. 
and was like, Princeton's a state homer. This is crap. And he did like, he was like person. Like people like people like knew me from college, like like making up lies about me, scandal. It's actually it's a big text. It's been a big source of discussion on the text thread. But um <laughs> so that's mostly what I wanted to do is make that Mac Brown joke again. I, I do think though that the commanders, you know, I mean this team look, this team was trash this year, four and thirteen. They won last on November 5th, and they got blown out by good Dallas, blew them out, Miami blew them out. They hung in there down the stretch at least a little bit against some teams. Like they, you know, they barely lost to the Rams, barely lost to the amount of that comeback against the Jets. I think Ron Rivera, who noted that he's been managing for three and a half years and finally got to coach the last few weeks, it's like, well, Ron, you lost by 28, <laughs> 28 points in week 18. I don't know if I'd say that. I just think Ron Rivera was is fine being done there. Like I think you know he he's a good guy. Wouldn't want to quit, but I mean, shepherding a second straight franchise sale through a scandal. Like like he had to deal with the end of the Jerry Richardson run, Mister Richardson, and then had to deal with the end of the Dan Snyder run. Like how is he not just mentally exhausted at this point? I think you you get either Caleb Williams or Drake May. Jaden Daniels, whoever we end up deciding is the best quarterback. And it could be a case where if you hire the right person and make the right free agent moves, you could be like a poor man's Houston Texans type of situation. Mm -hmm. I mean, not out of the realm of possibility. I'd give you that. And certainly I'm not hopeful about any of the teams at the bottom. Texans would have been very low no on question. this list last year. No question. You're 100% correct about that. Uh, getting right co head coach, right quarterback can transform your franchise quicker than anything else. I'm going to talk about a team that has maybe no head coach, maybe no quarterback, and might transform quicker than the commanders, and that is the Las Vegas Raiders, who were a team that does not have a quarterback, maybe doesn't have a head coach, depending on if they want to hire their interim coach, who I think did a pretty good job down the stretch, frankly. Las Vegas Raiders, where we saw enough from them, I think, in the Antonio Pierce era. They beat the Chiefs. They were competitive week after week, pretty much. Had a little couple breaks go their way. They beat the snot out of... Uh, the Chargers, they got Brandon Staley fired. To me, I I, I think the Raiders are kind of a, a, a commander situation, except they have a lot more to work with on the roster than the commanders do. They just don't have the second overall pick, which is going to be a problem given that they need to get a quarterback. But this is the most desirable destination to me, at least locale-wise, for free agents because of the lack of income tax. Vegas is very popular. Yeah. I, I think they could be a team where if they want to compete, they could go out and get some guys this offseason. It feels like, man, if they like if they hire Jim Harbaugh. Right. And I honestly think that I ranked the Raiders. I had the Raiders like fourth, I think, in my coaching vacancies. And I think one through four, Commanders, Chargers, Falcons, and Raiders are all really, really close. And you can sort of nitpick, you know, whatever you want about them. I mean, the Herbert thing's great, but they're the roster issues, you know, ownership, et cetera. Like Mark Davis wants to win. And I don't think that he I think what happened if you look at the that you can make you can ask questions about the hirings and the firings, the Jack Del Rio thing, but he knew he wanted to get Groot. And when he knew he could get that big splash guy, he was gonna go do it. Rich Basaccia and Gruden, the circumstances surrounding Gruden departing, like the, the Gruden thing wasn't working and because the personnel mm -hmm. stuff was a disaster, but you know, that he didn't run him off. Rich Basaccia is an interim, he does a great job and he decides to he can get the big splash guy again. I think and that I think that's what it's coming down to is can he I think he'd hire Antonio Pierce if he didn't think he could get Jim Harbaugh. And I, I just see, I think it's one of those two guys. And that's why he hadn't committed to Pierce. 
I don't, if he wants to get Jim Harbaugh, I don't blame him. I think Jim Harbaugh in the silver and black, he'll get a go get your court. Like, does he draft like JJ McCarthy at 13 and just run it back? Michigan's oh, like, I think, <laughs> I mean, I think Jim Harbaugh would win big in Las Vegas. And I don't think he would care that he's getting in the division with Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson, who are also out there. But yeah, I, I think the Raiders are positive point differential this year. I don't know what their Pythag was, but I think that they could. With the right, I think it's a bet on the coach where like, whether it's Antonio Pierce or Jim Harbaugh, you're probably going to get a, a decent effort from this team next year. Uh, I kind of feel like I don't even like this team. The Saints are sitting out here. They went nine and eight this year. Mm, they did. Do you think they're going to be better or worse next year? I, I, I worse. I don't want to take the Saints. <laughs> I'd rather take the, I, I, you know, I'm not going to take the Saints. I'm going to take the Broncos. Okay. They're off the board. Broncos. Okay. Why the Broncos? Sean Payton, just a bet on Sean Payton. I mean, I, I think that was my logic this year. I was like, uh, the Broncos are going to play because I'm betting on Sean Payton. That did not turn out to be a good bet. They did go eight and nine and were a much, much better team for a big chunk of the season, other than the beginning and the end. Which was not, in the middle, not, they were phenomenal. They were great in the middle. I don't know what Sean Payton's going to do at quarterback. I trust him to find an answer. I don't buy into the whole idea that it's like, well, without Drew Brees, this guy's a loser. It's like, this guy's. <laughs> He's been a really good head coach for almost all of his career. Um, the Russell Wilson thing is a concern because if you end up cutting Russell, because you're not going to trade him, you cut Russell. $85 and you have to, million dollars in dead cap. Bill, how many times in the last five years have you written the phrase, the <laughs> breaking the record for most dead cap space? Uh, five times, I believe, because it's been five off seasons, if, to my knowledge. Um, <laughs> Sean Payton's about to go up top on it. $85 yes. billion. Sean Payton's double Sean Payton double down on the dead cap record. They're gonna do I mean, it. Yeah, they had to cut him, right? They there's no other choice. You can't you can't bring him back after you benched him for a couple of weeks. And you, no. there there's no way to he has no trade value. So because if you bring it back, if you bring it back, you're guaranteeing his contract unless you get him to restructure this offseason. Yes, but I don't know if the PA will let them do that. Like that's a really bad precedent to set of okay, if you stink, we're gonna pressure you to you know, to turn $35 million guaranteed into an unguarantee. Like I think, was it Brady during his time with the Patriots had like an $18 million guarantee coming up and converted it to like 19 non-guaranteed, which was really weird, yeah. but it was Brady. And so I think they were like, well, they're not going to cut Brady. But with Russ, like it's very clear they're threatening him, like either make this change or we're going to cut you. So I, I, right, I, Russ is like, well, then cut me, and I'll take my thirty-five yeah, million dollars. Right, I'll, I'll take my thirty-five million dollars to go play somewhere else. Um, right. So I, I'm just very skeptical that that will be something the PA lets happen. But maybe who knows? Stranger things have happened. Well, and keep saying. Well, once the PA came out and said them trying to do this, Russell talked about it. Them trying to do this is against the you know against the bar collective bargaining agreement. Blah blah blah. blah. It's like you know anti-union or, or or like whatever. Whatever. It violates rules on like like state, federal, and local employment laws. Um, <laughs> Like uh, you've heard Sean Payton come out and say, you know, like he's really hammered home the performance aspect of it. You know, he's like, well, I mean, we're just saying, you know, performance based you know, several times to make sure that they don't get in trouble for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. George, George Payton was like totally separate things when I we were talking about making Russ change his contract and Sean Payton benched him late in the season. So his injury <laughs> right. one had nothing to do with the other guys. Totally different situations. Sean Payton talked to each other. Sean Payton would never push the envelope on the on the rules and laws of, of workplace environment. Right, right, right. It's like when you have like one child who wants to go get ice cream, and then your second child's like, "Oh, I actually also was thinking maybe we should go get ice cream." It's like <laughs> yeah. you guys had a conversation about this. Yeah, you guys haven't talked at all. Like 
Uh, yeah, so like the rusting with 85 million in the dead cap. I mean, that's, I mean, that's an, it's an outrageous number. I don't know. I think it's, I mean, can you field a, I'm trying to think if they do the post June 1st release? Yeah, yeah I mean, they, I mean, they, they could do it. Yeah, it's 35, 4 and 49, 6. If they do that release, isn't he guaranteed the 35? He is. He's going to get 35 no matter what. Um, probably, I don't know if there's offsets on the deal, but like he's going to get the minimum somewhere else to go play. Maybe he'll get 5 million somewhere else. No, but, so. but, uh, but, well, I guess they could cut him before the guarantee kicks. Then the other guarantee kicks in and just designated a post June one. Yeah. He's gonna, but they'd he's have to carry be... the, they'd have to carry the 85 in dead cap through all of free agency. Yes. So he'll, he'll be, they'll carry 39, six through free agency and then we have the cap space or not have cap space, so not saving anything on it um but then have 49.6 next year all year as well so i mean can they can they do exactly what the saints do to create cap space in the short term (laughs) best themselves in the long term yes they can is that a great idea with one of the oldest teams in football probably not but the higher sean payton you're going to get Sean Payton's accounting team. So this is where we are <laughs> with the Broncos. Um, <laughs> Somebody get Jairus Bird in here ASAP. Yes. Yes. So who do you who do you who do you think will be the quarterback for the Broncos week one next year? Um will be a re- I don't you don't have to pick a rookie, but will you say a rookie? I'll say a rookie. I'll say a, a rookie. rookie. I think they used their first round pick on a quarterback. Has Sean Payton ever used a what's the highest pick he used on a quarterback? Was it Garrett Grayson or Garrett? Ah, probably like a third round pick. That's interesting. Like a three. So they have the I mean, t- the twelfth overall pick. They could trade um, up. I could see him trading up. Imagine if Harbaugh goes to um, a team Dude. picking after them, and then Peyton takes McCarthy in front of Harbaugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, if he goes to the Raiders, who have the thirteenth pick, and the Broncos have twelfth. Yes, Dude, that'd be so sick. Can we get uh, Sean Payton and Jim Harbaugh twice a year? Would be fun as hell. That would be. That would be. They're just like like Sean. Harbaugh. Like get, get like say Sean Payton against the Falcons when he's like, like doing the jokes. <laughs> like you're jokers. <laughs> Harbaugh screaming at him. Man, let's get that happening, please. Yes, that would right. be great. Um, let let's lightning round through these final few. Yes, here. yes. Um, I will say Cardinals, where I think they're sure. going to keep Kyler. Um, you know, I think they showed. Plenty of positive sciences this year that they were going to be competitive, like what Brandon Gannon did. Some cap space to work with next year. Uh, you know, two first round picks. I think they're in good position to be more competitive in 2024. And if some breaks go their way, play up to you. I will say, I will take the Saints. Now I'll just I, I hate the Saints. I will reluctantly take the Saints. <laughs> um, nine and eight expected, but actually outperformed. Their their tag is ten and a half. So yep. uh, I don't trust Dennis Allen at all. I think scapegoating Pete Carmichael is a huge mistake. That's pro football reference blasting on my computer. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> the tactical shaver, but the division's bad. Derek Carr is a nice floor quarterback. And even though the defense and some of the pieces on offense are getting older, you do have Chris Olave, who uh, is, looks like he could be a superstar. A.T. Perry and, and Rashid Shahid have been nice, like complimentary pieces, I think. Jawan Johnson, okay. So I, I think you got enough there on offense where you get a good coordinator in there. You can win. I, I do worry, though, that Dennis Allen is just not a very good coach. Yeah, this is the oldest team in the league. They're locked into basically everybody coming back, and they're only getting older. So that's my only concern there. I, I, think, I think they went later. I think they went later than they probably should have, but I, but we just both don't like the Saints. Yeah, I think that's what it boils down to. I would have taken the New England Patriots over the New Orleans Saints, and I'm going to wow. stand by that. I'm taking the Patriots here. Well, do you know who was number one in the NFL in points allowed per game on defense over the second half of the season? 
I'm going to guess points the allowed, Patriots. Points allowed, points allowed per drive, excuse me. It was the New England Patriots, who inherited terrible field position, who had a bunch of guys where I'm an NFL writer, you're an NFL writer. I think between the two of us, we could probably name six guys in the Patriots defense right now. Like, they were playing with nobody's, <laughs> and they were balling out under Bill Belichick. So I don't buy a single bit of the Bill Belichick does not know how to you know, work with younger players. He's lost his touch. Yeah. He is still a defensive genius when it comes to getting the most out of his players. So they make right moves on offense, which they have a you know, high pick. They could draft a wide receiver. They could draft a left tackle. They get a quarterback, which can't be much worse than what they had this year. Jets maybe aren't that good with their a 40-year-old lunatic at quarterback. And um, the Dolphins... Is Belichick maybe, coaching in this circumstance? Probably, but maybe maybe they hire someone else. Maybe they get lucky. I don't know. I mean, I think... Mike Vrabel? Mike Vrabel? Back if they haven't fired Belichick yet, when everybody was reporting, basically, he's out. Kind of seems telling. It, it does. I think that the timing of the Vrabel thing is really interesting, too. Like... If you want Vrabel, I mean, Vrabel's not going to sit around and wait. It's so, it's so, is he just gonna sit, would he sit around and wait for Belichick to get fired? Do, do they even want to fire? It, Belichick doesn't seem like he wants to go. He seems like the, the vibe I got from him is like, I want to, let me just break Shula's record here, Bob. Come on, buddy. Yeah, right. And I mean, maybe, you know, he came out and said, I'm willing to give up personnel. And like the reason he's with the Patriots, not the Jets, is that he wanted that personnel control to begin with. So we yeah. will see. Um, watch by right. the time this comes out tomorrow morning. Uh, Bill Belichick, right. <laughs> like six six coaching moves have happened. Two more two more teams are left: the, the Titans and the Panthers. Yes. So who are you going to leave on? I I I think that the you have to. I mean, I said the Panthers are are terrible, um, but the Titans have nothing. So I mean, yeah. I got to go. The Panthers. I mean, the Panthers have no first round pick. They're giving the number one overall pick away to the Chicago Bears. It's this the Bryce Young trade. We can't talk about it as the worst trade in NFL history because he's too young. And Russell Wilson also happened in the last two years. So, but I mean, it it, it looks really, really bad. Um, having said that, it's a terrible division. The defense played awesome down the stretch and has plenty of talent on that defense. You know, they were sort of shifting the the formation and, and the and the scheme that they were using. I think that threw them for a loop early on in the year. Uh, you know, you got to figure out what you're going to do with Brian Burns. You probably have to give Derek Brown some money. You're losing a couple of veterans, but if you can add a wide receiver and change the protection scheme and sort of the offensive approach, I think the, it's really being undersold how much, how many, uh, Hayden Hurst said it this week, but he's like, Bryce Young had too many voices in his ear, and Joe Parson for the Athletic uh, reported that you know, most of those voices were defensive pass rushers who were in his ear because they were <laughs> sacking yeah. him, or or like or Iki Aquanu stumbling backwards. Yes, Iki Aquanu yeah. being being knocked back. Like when you say fi uh, fix the protection scheme, I was thinking like a light switch turning from off to on. Given how <laughs> well, but you know what's interesting is um, they ran. Down the stretch last year when Steve Wilkes took over, they ran the ball like 63% of the time. I remember. This is just an great. outrageous number. And they were good at it. Yeah. Did you write about this? Did I, did I? No, no, no. I didn't write about it. But I mean, I remember, okay, so I remember what, well, of course, because we're best ball nerds. It's like all the, you know, Chuba Hubbard. Chuba Hubbard. I had, yeah. like, oh, he's, he's actually kind of good now. Oh, cool. You trade McCaffrey and you're good at running the ball. That's weird. Yeah. Um, but the, but I think that the offensive line that they have is designed to run and you had this Frank, right? Thomas, Brown, like Thomas Brown came in and he wants to change it the way that you, you know, you block sort of bringing the Rams type of scheme. Um, Frank Reich didn't work with Thomas Brown. And so they tried to, this is David Tepper's biggest issue 
He's like, made Matt Rule hire Joe Brady and made Frank Reich hire Thomas Brown. It's like, like, go get this all-star coaching staff. No, like, dude, just hire a football coach and let him do what he wants to do. Like, let the football coach coach the football. And I think, so I think some schematic changes, this team is really bad, but they, I, don't, I, I think that they have a better, I think they have more upside for 2024 than the Titans. Right. And I think Tennessee, in comparison, don't know what they're doing at quarterback. Will Levis, up and down. Maybe better yeah. at, at his best than Bryce Young, but certainly not not great by any means. Um, infrastructure questions about the offensive line, the defensive line, where there's some free agents or um, you know definitely some some older players as well. Uh, questions in the secondary, bad drafts the past few years. I think a coach who made their players better. I don't know if the next guy is going to be any more appealing. Maybe it'll be Harbaugh. I think it's like the classic, like maybe they'll just hire the best coach available. Um, no, I think it's somebody from San. I think it's somebody from San because Ron Rand Carthen was in San Francisco. Right. Maybe it's Bobby Slowick. Right. Yeah. And well, I, I think the, or Frank, I think, Frank Smith. We talked about this on Frank the, Smith. um, the pick six pod with myself and John breach, but it's like, okay, the it's Jeff Fisher. Uh, uh, the, who the Titans head coach? Who I'm, it's, it's like Jeff Fisher, Mike Munchak, Ken Wisenhunt, Mike Malarkey, and Mike Vrabel. Just like the, it's like a bowl of tapioca. We need Frank Smith in here ASAP. Yeah, I could see that. Um, and you're right. I think Harbaugh is going to go to a place where he has some personal control, and that won't happen in Tennessee. It looks like Grant Carthen won that battle with Vrabel. So I have them last. So I, I they were they were second to last on my list, but ahead of the Commanders. Sounds like you had them last on your list. Yes, dead last. I, th- I think. I think if if you if the Panthers had their first round pick, then Tennessee would be a worse job. I agree, um, and I, I think frankly, you convinced me on the Commanders having the number two pick. I'd put them ahead of Tennessee with hindsight. So we've now guaranteed that Tennessee is going to make the playoffs next year. So congratulations <laughs> right. to Titans fans. Uh, but until then, will before people yell at us for reverse jinxing the or jinxing reverse jinxing the Titans, where can people check out your thoughts on the NFL? Uh, of course, cbssports.com. Lots of writing there. The Pick 6 Podcast, wherever you find podcast on Twitter slash X at Will Brinson. Thanks so much to Will Brinson. Hope you guys enjoyed that idea. Really like doing it, frankly. I think we're going to do that again next year. That was a fun one. We have more audio coming over the rest of the postseason. We still have two shows a week coming through the rest of the postseason, I believe. Plenty of stuff for us to discuss. We talked about the teams who have not made the postseason today on the show, but we'll talk about the teams who did make the postseason and what they did next week as we recap Wild Card Weekend. So hope you guys enjoyed this one and more audio next week here on The Bill Barnwell Show.